You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today, I am bringing you a hybrid episode. So we are going to have Half of today's episode is going to be a solo episode, and the other half, I am bringing on an expert in the field to share some of her insights. And we are going to be talking all about simplifying caring for ourselves postpartum. I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time, and along the way, like over the past 18 months, I had a baby 18 months ago now, crazy that it's been that long, I have wanted to share more about just different things that helped me care for myself postpartum, different ways that I tried to apply minimalism to this season of life this time around. And it's also a frequently asked question, like how do we keep it simple when it comes to what we need for baby, what we need for ourselves in pregnancy and postpartum? And I did talk about pregnancy a while back while I was at the tail end of my pregnancy And now, 18 months later, I finally feel ready to share about postpartum. I will link the pregnancy episode in the show notes so that you can refer back to that if you'd like to. Two things before we dive into this episode. The first thing is that your Minimalish Holidays is officially available. So if you have heard me talk about it, if you are interested in grabbing a copy of your Minimalish Holidays, which will guide you through... 30 days of journaling to get more intentional about this holiday season. If you want to grab your copy, you can go to DesireeEndries.com slash Your Minimalish Holidays, or you can just go to the link in the show notes. I am so excited about this. I poured my heart into this. I'm going to be talking more about it in the next couple of episodes as we start to get into November The journal itself is meant to be started either at the end of October or early November sometime because it's meant to kind of guide you through planning the holiday season as well as lead you into the holiday season intentionally. All right. Second thing that I wanted to mention is that this episode is sponsored by TN Dickinson's. And through TN Dickinson's, I actually was able to meet the guest for today's episode, Dr. Sparks, who is a board-certified OBGYN. She is an expert in postpartum care, and I'm just really glad that I got to link up with her through this partnership, but also just wanted to introduce TN Dickinson's to you as a brand that families have trusted for gentle and effective personal care, first aid, and skin care for over 150 years, including their Witch Hazel, which is a very simple, affordable, and effective product for postpartum care, like caring for your body and parts of you that truly need to heal in those very early days of postpartum. 
So I'm really excited to be partnering with TN Dickinson's. Let's dive in to today's episode. Okay, so I have so much to say on this topic. And though I am I'm not an expert in caring for yourself postpartum, and that's why I am really grateful to have an OBGYN on today's episode as well. I have went through the postpartum period twice now. So I am excited to get to talk about this, and I just feel like I have a lot to say. So I organized this episode into the four pillars of minimalist living. If you haven't heard me talk about that yet, the four pillars are simplifying our stuff or living with less stuff, aligning our days to our priorities. That's the second pillar. The third pillar is decluttering our mind, and the fourth pillar is walking towards contentment. And so as I kind of just brain dumped all the things I wanted to say about a minimalish postpartum, caring for ourselves postpartum in a simplified way, I realized that I could just organize this within the four pillars and it would make the most sense to me. And hopefully it is helpful for you for me to organize it this way too. So that's what we're going to do. So as we begin, Probably the number one thing, if I say, you know, I'm going to talk about simplifying postpartum, we might first think about the stuff, the physical stuff that comes along with postpartum. And I think the first thing I think about when I think of the stuff that I need or that people tell me that I need for postpartum, I think of the stuff for for the baby, right? But there's also stuff that can be really helpful for us as moms when we are postpartum. And I think it's really important not to ignore that there are some things that we really do need to have. So a couple of things that I did to simplify the, first of all, the amount of stuff that I was bringing into my house to take care of myself is I told myself to not stock up too much because I can always get whatever I need once I get home from the hospital. Now, that might not be a good strategy for everyone. Like there might be cases where you live in a more rural area and it's hard for you to like you can't just order grocery delivery and have it dropped at your door. But for me, I knew that I could I had Instacart (laughs) for postpartum. So there's a tip. Um, If you can invest in grocery delivery for this time period, it is really helpful or just like have someone help. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a family member or a friend run and and drop off something if you forgot it. But I tried to tell myself I do not need to buy a ton of stuff. Not that I didn't have anything stocked and ready to go. But I remembered from my first baby that the hospital gives us a lot of stuff. So that's kind of my first tip is to remember to have stuff to take care of you. But also remember that much of it might be given to you at the hospital. So I came home with a whole box of pads. I came home with lanolin for the breastfeeding pain. I came home with the hospital mesh undies, a couple of extra pairs of those. So I came home with a lot of stuff. But once I got home and once I kind of started using the stuff that I was able to to bring home with me from the hospital, then I started to think about, okay, what would make me even more comfortable um, as I'm healing? And, you know, if If you're able to brainstorm that in advance, if maybe you just had a baby like a year and a half ago and you are on your way to postpartum again because you are having your babies close together, then you might remember. But for me, I did not remember. I I was 
you know, it had been over four years since I'd had my first baby. So I just kind of stuck with the basics. One thing that did really help me with the amount of stuff that I was bringing in for the personal care is to have a little basket. I had a postpartum basket right on top of the top of my toilet or right next to my toilet, both great places to keep it just like wherever you can reach and access it right away. I had that basket there and stocked up at all times so I could just grab for it and that had everything I needed. It had the pads, the witch hazel, the extra undies, like whatever I might have needed in that time, Um, the sprays that helped with the pain, all of the things. So I'm not going to give you necessarily like a list of products here because there are plenty of those online. But I am going to just remind you that the hospital in most cases, which I don't know everyone's situation or everyone's hospital, but from in my case and in from what I hear from most people is that the hospital will give you stuff. So you don't have to like go overboard on stocking up on pads and personal care, things like that. So I already mentioned that easy access is what is most needed because in those first, especially that first week, it can be hard to move around. Um, You might be stuck under a baby nursing them or feeding them for most of the day along with just holding them while they're napping if they're a baby that doesn't like to be put down um, like many babies are. So we can find ourselves being stuck (laughs) under a baby or just wanting to be stationary because It's important for healing that we rest a lot. So having easy access, and one of those ways is that postpartum basket that I mentioned, but another way is I had a nursing cart set up. And that nursing cart mostly lived by my little rocker that I had in the bedroom, but it was also on wheels, so I could move it out to the living room. I had lived in a ranch setup house at that time. But um, if you like have different floors, you would need access to stuff, then set up two different stations. But these little stations, whether it's for like nursing and feeding and what you'll need while you're nursing and feeding, wherever you are going to be while you're sitting there, feeding a baby and kind of stuck under that baby or just sitting and resting, having some type of station where you are keeping whatever you might need. So some of those things for me was water, like large cups of water so that I was always hydrated. Um, Snacks were always on there, like some grab and go snacks for the moments I got very hungry. Uh, But also my breast pump, my haka was on that nursing cart. And Personal care items for baby too, just like those things that are easily lost if you don't have a place for them, I would keep them on the nursing cart. So like a pair of socks, just in case, Um, nail clippers, baby lotion, Um, also like nipple cream, a hair tie for myself. My Kindle lived on that cart as well. And as I say, like having these stations set up of the items that you will need to care for yourself, because there is stuff that we will need to take care of ourselves during this time. The last point I want to make here when it comes to simplifying our stuff postpartum, one, you will get stuff in the hospital. Two, have easy access to that stuff and have little stations where that stuff lives. But three, keep it simple with the products that you buy. There is so much out there for new moms, whether it's for the baby or you, that is just overboard. But it is marketed to us like it is absolutely something we need. We don't need every single gadget for our babies. We don't need every fancy postpartum care item that we see advertised online. 
Many of them are unnecessary. The simple products that have been used for years and years and years are the most effective ones. And luckily, those are things that we will not have to spend a lot of money on because they are just like the simple, basic type of things. And I mentioned a lot of the ones that I used here. Like one of the things that I decided that some people think might be overboard, but I got like postpartum underwear that I were just high-waisted underwear that I found on Amazon because I didn't really like the mesh underwear this time around. So just like things like that. But the main thing is that if we wait till we're actually in that postpartum period to decide on those things, that's going to make it so that we're not just buying things just to buy it, like just in case. We are buying things that we're actually deciding, okay, this would be helpful to my healing. This would be helpful to my comfort. All right, for pillar two, Pillar two of minimalist living is know your priorities and align your days to them. So what does that look like in postpartum? Well, I am going to give you some postpartum priorities. Of course, you should decide on your own postpartum priorities, but I think that these ones are probably priorities that every mom, new mom, should have. The first priority is healing. And again, I believe fully that this is a priority that we should all have during postpartum. And so while we are only halfway through our four pillars, not even because we just started pillar number two here, I want to jump to my interview with Dr. Sparks because it's a shorter interview. We talk for about 12 minutes, but with Dr. Sparks, we really focus in on this healing aspect and what we can do to prioritize our healing, which I think really is one of the number one priorities that we can have during postpartum, healing our bodies, healing our minds. And so let me just tell you quickly about Dr. Sparks. We will dive into our conversation and then we'll come back to the solo episode portion of this episode and we will continue going through these four pillars of simplifying postpartum. And I know this is a different format than my episodes usually are, so hopefully you enjoy changing it up a little bit today. So Dr. Nicole Sparks is a board-certified OBGYN. She currently practices in rural Georgia as an OB hospitalist. She's passionate about empowering women to take charge of their health and decreasing maternal mortality rates in the U.S. through awareness and patient education. And she is also an active blogger and lifestyle content creator. You can find her at NicoleAliciaMD.com, which I'll link in the show notes. She's also on TikTok and Instagram. I will post all of that, all the ways you can find her in the show notes as well, because she is perfect to follow along with if you are postpartum or will soon be postpartum or just a woman in general, because she talks about things from balancing career and family life to menstrual wellness and advocating for yourself during pregnancy and postpartum. So she's just a great follow in general. All right, let's dive into my conversation with Dr. Sparks. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Um, Dr. Sparks, before we get started, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. I am very excited to be on the show today. Um, As she said, my name is Dr. Sparks. I am a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. I live in the Atlanta area, but I actually practice in rural Georgia. I have three children. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So life is pretty busy between doctoring and mommying, but I absolutely 
love it. And I see pregnant patients, postpartum patients, everything in between. Um, Absolutely love women's health and maternal care. I am so grateful to, to get to have you on the show to talk about simplifying this postpartum period because you are an expert in the area and you also have kids yourself. In my intro, I was talking about how because of Instagram and TikTok and all the different, you know, online platforms where we can see recommendations for, you know, what we should do postpartum and how we should care for ourselves. I think moms and including myself, I felt this way, feel overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that is recommended to us. And then we feel like we have to buy all this stuff. Um, But I know that you recommend keeping it simple. And one of the products that you recommend is Witch Hazel. So can you talk about that a little bit more and why that is a really helpful product to use postpartum? Sure, of course. So I tell people that postpartum care is a lot, right? We focus so much on the first three trimesters. I mean, you see your doctor every month and every two weeks and then every week and then postpartum, you may see your doctor once. And so we truly don't give enough time and effort to postpartum care. But I tell people it is just as important as the first three trimesters, if not more important, and it requires attention too. So um, one of the products I do recommend is Witch Hazel. And the reason why I do, it's a simple product for my postpartum patients, because after delivery, you may have hemorrhoids, which are really common just because of the sheer weight of the uterus that it places on the body. Um, Depending on the type of delivery you have had, you may have perineal tears, you may have vaginal soreness. So I love T.N. Dickinson's Witch Hazel. It's a natural, it's clinical grade witch hazel. It's gentle enough for all my postpartum mamas. It's also an astringent, so it helps to soothe, provide relief from itching, pain, bleeding, soreness, all of it. And, you know, for those patients who are actually allergic or sensitive, um, T.N. Dickinson's also has a witch hazel that's alcohol free. Um, It has hyaluronic acid and aloe, so it can really help to soothe your skin while also cleansing it. Again, perfect if you have sensitive skin or irritated skin, which is probably most people postpartum. And a trick I usually tell my postpartum patients is, is what we call like a patsicle. So, you know, I tell them to put dilute witch hazel onto a pad. You want to saturate it, but not completely soak it. You're going to wrap it, put it in the freezer, um, take it out whenever you need it. And it is so soothing, especially if you had, you know, tears after delivery, if you're still sore. Um, That's a trick that a lot of my postpartum mamas love and that I recommend to all of them. It's nice to hear like just this simple kind of natural astringent that can help heal. And also it's not like it's hard to access or expensive. Exactly. Um, You don't have to buy the expensive things. You can simply just dilute it and make it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, Well, I also want to hear a little bit about just any other tips that you give your patients, whether it is, it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be a product recommendation, but like just what are your biggest tips for someone who is maybe in their third trimester and thinking about postpartum for the first time, or even they, this is going to be their third kid and they're not sure what to expect. Like how, what are your biggest tips for just simplifying postpartum? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I tell people that there are so many changes that happen in the postpartum period, right? Your hormones are all over the place. You're learning this tiny new human and 
this new human is trying to learn you. And it doesn't really matter how many babies you've had. It still feels new. You know, I just had my third baby last year and I'm an OBGYN and I've been a mom before. And so I really thought that this time was going to be easy. And I would argue that it was probably the hardest, maybe because I had kids at home too, but it was really a struggle for me. And the biggest thing that I can tell any postpartum mom to keep their postpartum routine simple is to ask for help. So for me, I am super type A, want to be superwoman, trying to do it all, you know, so I'm trying to nurse and take care of the kids. I'm still trying to cook dinner and do this. And why is laundry all over the place? And why are there dishes in the sink? And so I really feel like you have to almost let go a little bit in the postpartum period. And I actually like what you said, like, what can you do in the third trimester to prepare? So you don't want to catch it by surprise, right? You know, the postpartum time is coming. So in your third trimester, I tell people to prepare for it the same way you're, you know, making your nursery and you're buying the baby clothes and you're buying the diapers. You need to also prepare for you. So those are all things for the baby. Well, what's going to help you as a new mom? And the biggest thing, again, is putting people in place. So whether that is making sure that you have somebody who's there to help to cook someone, even if it's one of your friends, you're like on this day, please come and help me do laundry on this day. Please come and help me do this. Like literally have people in place to help you. So you are not overwhelmed in that postpartum period because you don't get a trophy or a cookie for trying to do it all yourself. Um, you really do need help. And so asking for help is my single most important thing <laughs> that I think any one of us needs in the postpartum period, just laying down your pride, recognizing that you do need help, recognizing you don't have to do it all, accepting the help, because that's a whole nother thing, right? Accepting the help um, and making your life easier so you can truly enjoy this time with your newborn because it does go by so fast. Yeah, I love that advice so much. I do think that that it has to be one of the hardest things is that you are meant to slow down, really. I mean, right. there are so many cultures around the world that they don't let the mom do right. much of anything. anything. Get out of bed for like the first 30 or 40 days, if you research yeah. some of these other cultures for the first 30 or 40 days, like the moms don't do anything. You cannot cook. You cannot clean. Like all of it is done for you. But in our culture, it's, it's not really done that way. So we kind of have to put the things in place so that we can actually rest. Yeah. Well, so good. I know this time around I had my uh, husband kind of, and he's always a big help, but I had him prepared that I, I did want to try my best to really do as m much nothing as possible other right. than taking care of the baby. And right. it went really well because we had that conversation. So right. I think, like you said, you know, asking people for help, whoever it is that are in your support system um, exactly. is just... So good. So thank you for sharing that as your like most important tip. I, I would agree with that. Um, I would love to hear because I have two questions that I like to ask every guest. Um, you said you have a one year old. So I know you're kind of I, do you consider still postpartum as a, as an actual expert? <laughs> I mean, What's I mean, your the postpartum? Actual, the actual definition is no, like I'm not still in the, but I certainly feel like I'm still in the postpartum period <laughs> with my one year old. Yeah. I tell people I'm still postpartum. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I do too. I say the same thing, but I'm like, I don't know if it's technically correct or not. <laughs> um, well, anyways, uh, I, what 
is something that I ask two questions to every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? So something we are really trying to simplify that stresses us both out, my husband and I, is our nighttime routine, which I think is most people. Um, so like I said, I have three kids during the day. Um, the, the older two in, the older two are in school and the one-year-old usually is home with me, but we put him part-time. But the hours between like five and nine are so stressful for us. <laughs> and so yeah. my even just last night, we were talking about what can we do to make this easier just with like homework and bedtime and bath time and cooking. Um, so I will say that it's not simplified yet, but we are working on it. One of the things we are trying to do is to um, we have somebody in our area who does really great um, meal plans. Somebody at our gym told us about it who could deliver meals right to our house that apparently our kids will love to. I didn't believe them, but they claimed that they will. Um, so I think <laughs> that will at least take the dinner time part out of it. Um, and we're also considering just hiring help for the evenings just to kind of help us have a smoother transition because it just feels like we're just running crazy until they go to sleep. And then it's like, oh, oh, my goodness, what just happened? And so we've actually been working on that. So I will say I don't quite have the answer yet, but we are working to just simplify our nighttime routine. So it's just easier on our children and easier on us. And we're not dreading those nighttime hours between school and bedtime. And you're taking your own advice that you just gave, even though not technically it's not about being postpartum, but it's just about having kids, young kids in general, right? right Asking right. for help and, right. and getting help when needed. Right. Sometimes we don't talk about that enough. My second question that I love to ask is what's something that you're loving right now? So something I'm loving right now that a lot of people probably don't love is <laughs> I'm actually loving working out again. And so for me, I've had three cesarean deliveries. And this last one was pretty hard just because, you know, each one you have, it's a major surgery, you have more scar tissue. This recovery was pretty rough for me. And I was pretty active before pregnancy and delivery. And so it took me a while to get to the point where I felt I could push my body and I could run and do weights and work out. And so I think it's something that I really took for granted, like, oh, I don't really want to work out. But even today, you know, I had a group personal training this morning and I just told myself when I felt like I couldn't go anymore, like, okay, Nicole, you can do hard things. You can do hard things. And I, it felt good to like push my body again. And it felt good to, you know, feel strong again, because for a long time I didn't because my core just seemed to not recover from, you know, my past delivery. And so I am actually loving working out because it's something I took for granted that I am glad I can do without pain or without fear of, you know, something busting open. I don't know what, but, you know, I was always like, something, something's not going to, something's going to come apart if I lift this weight or if I go running. So I feel like even though it's taken me over a year, you know, my son is going to, be 15 months in two weeks that I now feel like I'm comfortable enough to work out again. And I'm feeling like myself again. And I'm just really happy to be at this point. Yeah, I love that. I'm right there with you. I have my daughter is 17 months and I felt like it just took me a really long time right. to feel good doing the same workouts I did before. Exactly. And I think a lot of times we see images of people being able to bounce back and just go for it. But I don't know how 
that's not the reality for everyone. So. It's not. And I, and you know, you brought up social media before, and I think we see these images and these moms who are super skinny, you know, two weeks after, and that's not the reality for a lot of moms. So I tell people, you have to take that with a grain of salt and you might even need to block social media for a little bit during your postpartum period because your journey is your own and you don't need to be comparing it to anyone else's. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sparks, for all of that. I feel like a weight is lifted off of me. And I, like I said, I have a 17 month old. I'm not even We're in the same boat. We are in the same boat. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you um, for sharing all that you did today. And thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Okay. So in my conversation with Dr. Sparks, we talked a lot about different ways that we can prioritize healing, right? Asking for help and letting yourself truly rest. I also wanted to talk about a couple of other postpartum priorities. So I think sleep is a good postpartum priority since we're not going to get much of it while we're postpartum, right? So truly picking up a couple uh, minutes here and there or an extra hour of sleep is a game changer. So if we can prioritize sleep over other things like jumping back into routines or having a perfectly clean house, any of that, um, everyone's situation is different. But I personally would take a nap like during my daughter's last wake time of the night or wake time of the day, I should say, which was nighttime. It was like 930 to 11 o'clock. And I would nap during her last nap, then get up to feed her. Then during that wake time of hers, which was a later wake time, my husband would take care of her and I would continue to sleep. And then I would be on the night shift where I was, you know, obviously sleeping in short spurts as I would get up and feed her. And things change quickly, but the those were the early days and that really helped me. So every baby is different with how they sleep and wake. Um, but that that was just something that helped us and I thought I would share. That was one way that I prioritized sleep. And I just do think it's important, you know, people make fun of that idea to sleep when the baby sleeps. But if you can, then sleep when the baby sleeps. Not every time they sleep, but if there is even one time a day where you can nap, even if it's late in the day, once your partner or spouse is able to take care of the house and other kids and whatever else, I would say it's definitely a priority. The third postpartum priority that I wanted to mention is to know what matters to you and honor it. This is a very precious time. Um, And precious as in it's kind of like, I don't know, a sacred time almost. And so when you're bringing a new baby into the home, there might be things that are taboo. Like for one, visitors, right? Um, How many people do you feel comfortable letting into your home right away to pass around the baby, to hold the baby? Um, for some of us, that's like everyone, bring everyone in, have them help, have them hold the baby. For others, you might want it to just be like your your family for, for the first couple of days, or you might want to let like a couple of people in. Um, this is just one example of just like knowing what matters to you. And there's no right or wrong answer of how you'd want to do this. But it is just one of those things where other people might put pressure on you or you might feel like, oh, I have to do it this way because that's how someone else is going to want it. It's really important to just know what matters to you, what your gut feelings are as a mom, what feels right to you, what's going to protect your mental health, and just follow those things and do those things. Moving on to pillar three, 
of a minimalist life is declutter your mind. And how can we apply that to postpartum? Well, (laughs) I would say that mental health is a struggle that many of us experience during the postpartum period. And whether it is just like the baby blues that most moms do experience, or it is deeper than that, and it's postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, just know that if this is the first time you're going through postpartum, like this will likely be an emotional journey. And every postpartum is different with this. But I guess just my tip here is to anticipate it. Um, Get ahead of yourself if you can. Set up therapy in advance. It's something that my doctor offered to me and I did not take advantage of. So I ended up deciding I wanted it later and waiting on a six-week wait list. So it's just something to think about, something to consider that you know, therapy and other ways that you know how to prioritize your mental health is going to be important during this period of time for many of us. Again, everyone experiences it differently, but just anticipate it, that it is very common to struggle with mental health postpartum. Okay, one little practical thing that helped me declutter my mind was to use a Kindle in the middle of the night during middle of the night feedings versus scrolling on my phone. So in those middle of the night nursing sessions for me, I would struggle to stay awake. So I needed something that I could do to keep myself awake. Um, Also, when babies are very little, many of them take a long time to feed. So it's not like you're just up for, you know, five minutes and putting them right back down. So I realized with my first daughter postpartum that I had a problem if I was going to be on my phone in those middle of the night feedings then I was going to end up many times researching things that would worsen my postpartum anxiety so Google is not your friend during this time period for the most part Um, I really wish that I could have told myself that in advance so what I would do is I would use my Kindle and I would read books fiction like things that We're not going to worsen my anxiety, things that can make me feel light um, in those middle of the night feeding sessions, but also keep me awake. So that's just a quick tip for you there that might help you declutter your mind. Take it or leave it, but it worked for me. Our last pillar is to walk towards contentment. So how do we apply walking towards contentment to postpartum? Where Where can we seek contentment? in this season of life. The first one that popped into my mind was body image. And you heard me discussing that a little bit with Dr. Sparks as well. Our bodies are going to change postpartum. And we might see other people that are online posting things on Instagram or wherever that are able to just like bounce back. But for some of us, that's just not the case. And of course, we can feel good in our skin by taking care of ourselves. But postpartum is hard. Our bodies do not feel like our own sometimes during that time. And I think it's really important to prioritize getting to know our new bodies and and loving them for, for what they are and knowing that they are in the process of changing if you are in postpartum. Like they are changing and healing. And so nourishing ourselves well with lots of good food to help you heal, to help you produce milk if you're breastfeeding blocking out the voices that are telling you that your body isn't good enough whether that's your own voice in your head or other things you see online like dr sparks said 
you know, getting off of Instagram and TikTok and whatever else for the time being if you need to, if you're if you're feeling bad about yourself. Because just think of like what what your body just did, what your body just went through. It is beautiful. It is amazing. Your body is absolutely amazing. It just created a life. So focusing on that, growing in contentment with where you are, it's not easy, but it is one way that I think we can walk towards contentment in postpartum because we are, there's going to be a lot of things to think about, a lot of things (laughs) that are taking up our time and our energy. This should not be one of them. Feeling bad about ourselves should not be one of them. And the last way that we can walk towards contentment, this is the thing that out of the things that I've shared in this episode, this is the thing I hope to leave you with and that I hope sticks is to be content in your own motherhood. Now, I don't mean like we, we're never going to make mistakes and we, our motherhood is good enough as it is and we shouldn't learn and grow, but rather in this season of postpartum to care less about others' opinions of how you are doing. Now, there could be opinions thrown at you from family members, friends, unsolicited advice, just everywhere is going to come at you as a new mom, whether it's your first time around or whenever. It doesn't matter if you've had like six kids. I, I am sure that someone will still offer you unsolicited advice. And this is the advice that I give to every new mom now that I, I just realized this <laughs> uh, my second time around that I was so much happier my second postpartum, not because I didn't struggle with postpartum anxiety or the mental health aspects of it. I did, but I was so much happier because I was just confident in following my gut as a mom. I was confident in myself as my children's mom. I have moments of doubting myself in my motherhood still. All the time, (laughs) we go through different parenting struggles that are coming our way and I don't know what to do about it and I I doubt myself. But whatever my convictions are, I feel very confident in those. And that was a struggle when I became a first-time mom. The convictions I had, I would really struggle whenever someone else would give me some kind of unsolicited advice that went against those convictions. And I would feel like very judged for my own convictions and my own way that I wanted to do motherhood even if someone wasn't actually judging me, like in my head, they were. And it made that first postpartum just really hard feeling that way all the time, just always feeling like someone was judging my motherhood. I don't even know if they were judging my motherhood, but I imagine that they were. Anyone and everyone who was further along in their motherhood than me, even if they were trying to help me in my mind, it felt like I was just not doing enough and I was being judged, and it made it really hard to make friends with other moms, and I know that this is common because there are just, like, these silly little battles on social media from mom against mom of the different ways that we do motherhood. So if I leave you with anything in this episode, it is to grow in contentment with your own motherhood and grow in confidence with your own convictions as a mom. And when you feel that feeling of judgment and when you feel that feeling of like, oh, this is what I feel really convicted to do as a mom. This is the way I feel I want to parent. But since others are telling me differently or trying to convince me out of it, like when you feel that friction, 
I hope that you will walk towards contentment in your own convictions, walk towards contentment and confidence in who you are as a mom, even though it's hard to do, even though, yeah, it does. It just, I don't know what other word to use. It feels like friction. It feels hard. It can feel really emotional. We can feel like, you know, we don't know if we're making the right choice. Continue to walk towards your convictions as a mom. And I don't mean like don't let any other voices in. Of course, people that you trust, people that you admire the way that they do motherhood. Like, I don't think we should be alone on this journey. But I do think that there is something to be said about, and my belief at least, is that we were created to be the the parents of our children, right? So these strong convictions that we have, it's important to at least listen to them, whether or not we like fully dive into them, but but learn from those convictions that we have. Okay, I hope that made sense because that was definitely, definitely my most important point there. And if you needed to hear that, uh, I hope that it helps you because I really needed to hear that as a new mom. And sometimes I still need to remind myself of that as well. And that is it for today's episode. I hope this was a good deep dive on simplifying postpartum. And if you are in that season or if you plan to be in that season again or will be in it soon, or even if you've just come out of it and you still like to talk about it, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if it would be a good one for one of your friends to listen to, could you share it with your friend, text it to them, or you could share it on Instagram with all your friends, Um, share it wherever you like to share things online. I am grateful for you for sharing the show. Reminder that your Minimalish Holidays is out. It is ready for you to grab your copy so that you can walk with intention into this holiday season, which is right around the corner. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.